Well, welcome to service, everyone. As tonight, uh, we continue after Easter, after all that happened last week that we read about, the death of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. And now we're going to talk about, in our message and in our reading, Doubting Thomas. Lots lots of people like to refer to him. And I'm going to say later on, I'll say it now too, in the message that he gets a bad rap, okay? Because we always, all of us doubt at times in our lives. Our faith isn't perfect because we're sinners. And that's just part of being a sinner is that we don't have perfect faith all of the time. Um, a few announcements before we begin our service tonight. Uh, Pastor Aaron is starting a new member class on this Wednesday at, uh, at FMC. I believe, I think it's 6.30, but you know what I'm going to say. Check your bulletins for times and places, lest you end up in the wrong place and blame me for it. Um, and Pastor Dan has got uh, a presentation coming up called The Secret of Contentment. He's going to talk about Paul, talking about how he learned to be content in all situations. And it is a huge problem. And it doesn't just have to do with money and material possessions. There are plenty of people that have an abundance of those, and they still can't find contentment, to be satisfied with what they have. It's something they struggle with. I'm going to be out of town that week. I asked Dan if he could give me that secret ahead of time, and he he said no. Um, This is not in your bulletin, okay? So times and dates are forthcoming, but we are having congregational forums May 29th, May 30th. I'm sorry. This is what happens when I'm trusted to give information. April 29th, April 30th and May 1st, because our congregational meeting is May 15th. And we will get you the times and exact places of those. And those are not in your bulletin. So I apologize for that. May 29th is an open house right here at Celebration uh, for Celebration Lutheran School. Um, I don't, again, check for times. Um, We've got a lot going on uh, that day on May 29th. I think we have something else scheduled in the bulletin, but I can't exactly remember what it is, but I know the CLS open house is that evening. So remember that. So before I get too far into the logistics of our church and times and places, I do not know. Why don't we rise as you are able for our call to worship? Hallelujah. Christ is risen. risen This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Jesus Christ is the gate of the Lord through which believers may enter God's presence. He alone is the way, the truth, and the life. The stone the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. The Lord has done this, and it's marvelous in our eyes. The lamb who was once slain has burst his three-day prison. Now Satan is undone. Now death's dread power is gone. Alleluia, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia.
us no more I'm going to get you up again so we can bring our confession to the Lord. Praise God for loving us so much that he gave his son over to be crucified to pay our debt of sin. Praise God that on the third day, Jesus rose again and declared victory over death. Praise God that he has given us a path to eternal life through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. Even though we continue to celebrate the victory won on Easter, our hearts remain corrupt and our sinful temptations continue to draw us away from doing the Lord's will. Let us now gather again at the foot of the cross and confess our sins before we participate in the Lord's Supper. Almighty God, we come to you and repent for things done and things left undone. We are sorry for ignoring your truth, for becoming distracted with the things of this world and giving in to temptation. First, renew us and lead us. For fixating on the things of this world and losing sight of your eternal kingdom. Forgive us, renew us and lead us. 
for pursuing earthly power and influence over others instead of submitting to your will and following the Holy Spirit. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For allowing our fears and anxieties to undermine our trust in you. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us. For overlooking your extravagant love for us and letting the approval and acceptance of others motivate our decisions and self-worth. Forgive, Forgive us, us, renew us, and lead us. If we learned anything from last week, as Jesus willingly walks to his death on the cross, not just to die for the sake of someone else, but to bear the weight of the sins of every man, woman, and child that would ever live. We should remember the words that we just heard with Mike Howard leading our praise band tonight. Bring all your failures and addictions, whatever burdens you, and lay them at the foot of the cross. It's not about us. It's not about what we can accomplish. It is all about Jesus. And that's why we are with him in eternity. And because we have brought those burdens and set them down at the foot of the cross, our Lord has forgiven us in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks to see But he brought me in Oh, his love for me Oh, his love for me Oh, the sun sets free Oh, it's free indeed I'm a child of God Yes, I Free at last your heads with me. 
Heavenly Father, we walk through this life as Christians, trusting you and trusting your word and trusting in what your son did, not in what we and ourselves can give to you that's pleasing. But many times in this life, the pain and agony causes us to doubt, but we live by faith, not by sight and not by evidence. When we doubt, lift us up and strengthen us until we see you that day face to face. In your son's name, we pray, amen. And our first reading comes from 1 Corinthians, the 15th chapter. Now, brothers, I want to remind you of the gospel I preached to you, which you received and on which you have taken your stand. By this gospel, you are saved if you hold firmly to the word I preached to you. Otherwise, you have believed in vain. For what I received, I passed on to you as of first importance that Christ died for our sins, according to the scriptures, that he was buried and that he was raised on the third day, according to the scriptures, and that he appeared to Peter and then to the 12. After that, he appeared to more than 500 of the brothers at the same time, most of whom are still living, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. And last of all, he appeared to me also as to one abnormally born. For I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Whether then it was I or they, this is what we preach and this is what you believed. And why don't we rise as you're able for the reading of our gospel, which comes from John chapter 20. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now, Thomas called Didymus, one of the 12 was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see the nail marks in his hands and put my finger where the nails were and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again and Thomas was with them, though the doors were locked. Jesus came and stood among them and said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here. See my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Thomas said to him, my Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. Please be seated. I was originally going to start out this sermon by calling uh, General Douglas MacArthur the last of the five-star generals, but that was incorrect. I saw that it was General Omar Bradley, whose five-star status was retired in 1981. Since then, there has never been another five-star general. But Douglas MacArthur, 
who served as the chief U.S. military advisor to the Philippines during World War II. The day after Pearl Harbor was bombed on December 7th, Japan launched an invasion against the Philippine Islands. Now, that was MacArthur's, Douglas MacArthur's adopted home. He had been there. But in 1942, after receiving orders from President Franklin Delano Roosevelt, he left the Philippine Islands. He left at Corregidor, at the Bataan Peninsula, and he left 90,000 American and Filipino troops because a Japanese offensive was coming. Now, after leaving Corregidor, MacArthur and his family were evacuated by boat and led 560 miles away from that island of Corregidor to the island of Mingadano, braving mines, rough seas, and evading the Japanese Navy. And at the end of the 35-mile journey, I'm sorry, 35-hour journey, quite a difference, huh? He told the boat commander, you have snatched me out of the jaws of death and I will not forget it. And after, uh, after General MacArthur left the Philippines, they were overtaken by the Japanese. But for years, General MacArthur told them, I will return. And he repeated that statement over and over again for the next two years in every public appearance that he had. And for his valiant defense of the island of the Philippines, MacArthur Islands of the Philippines, he was awarded the Congressional Medal of Honor and put in command of the forces of the Southwest Pacific. Now, two years later, United States forces, the Allied forces retook the Philippine Islands. And after the U.S. victory at the Battle of Midway in 1942, the commander of the Pacific Fleet planned a more direct route to Japan via the Philippines. So by September 1944, they were poised to launch another invasion of the Philippines. The Allies were. On October 20th, 1944, a few hours after his troop landed, MacArthur waded back onto the shores of the Philippine Islands. And that day he made a radio broadcast and declared to the people of the Philippines, I have returned. And they recaptured the island of Corregidor, the one he was driven from because the Japanese forces were coming and he had to evacuate. Now, most of the allies that he left there, the allied troops were taken by the Japanese and he had regretted that so much. He said, I'm a little late, he told them, but we finally came. I will return. I have returned. Powerful words indeed. Well, grace, mercy, and peace to all of you from God our Father and from our risen Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ, amen. Now, Jesus had made this same promise to his disciples, but under very, very different circumstances. He also returned, as he said he would, under very, very different circumstances. Now, I have no doubt that many didn't believe that General MacArthur would ever make it back to the island of Corregidor, or that our forces would even be strong enough to make that possible. Now, the disciples had to be feeling some fear. Jesus didn't just leave them. He didn't just get on a boat and take off. He died. He died in a horrible, painful, grueling execution that they sat there and witnessed. Being associated with him, being connected to him, could this bring a similar fate to all of them? Of course they were afraid. Who wouldn't be? knowing that their world had been turned upside down and that they were living in fear, in pain of losing Jesus. Yes, remembering his words, trusting him as we do many times, but yet thinking to themselves, is it really gonna happen? So how does, what is Jesus' response to them when he sees them again? Peace be with you because he knew their hearts were troubled. 
What true peace his appearance and his presence had to bring the disciples when he was there. The, his presence brings peace. Now, his presence in our lives is a little different than his physical presence among them then, but the presence of Jesus in our lives does bring peace. Now, as I said before service started, poor Thomas, because he always gets a bad rap. We always hear him called Doubting Thomas. I actually read a sermon about this where the guy who wrote it was like, Thomas, his faith was just weak. And I thought, really? You're really gonna, you're really gonna criticize it like that? We all doubt, just like the disciples did. Thomas was the only disciple that wasn't there in the room when the other 10 saw him, saw Jesus come back from the dead and say, peace be with you. And like, much like, I would say like a little kid, but I think we all do this sometimes. Well, unless I see it myself, unless I see the wounds, unless I'm able to put my finger in those wounds, I'm not gonna believe it. Not unless I get those things. And what's the Lord's response to Thomas? But when he appears again and Thomas is present with the other disciples, Jesus again says, peace be with you. Then he shows Thomas his wounds piercing in his side and lets him put his finger there. And then we hear that wonderful confession from Thomas to Jesus. My Lord and my God. Now, let me say this. Jesus has every right to say, stop doubting and believe. But I think all of us have to step very softly. Faith is a gift and we cannot command others to believe. We can share our faith. We can plant the seed. We can't make it grow. Have you ever tried to force somebody to believe what you do? And I'm wondering, I'm not gonna ask for responses, but how well did that work out for you? Proof of life. That's what the disciples wanted. That's what Thomas demanded in order to really believe that the Lord had kept his word to return. Not from an island that he fled, but from a painful, agonizing death, from a tomb that he'd been sealed in for three days. Now, Jesus tells Thomas, you believed because you saw, because you had proof but blessed are those who have not seen yet have believed. And who is that? All of us, not just sitting here, but all Christians around the world, the whole body of Christ. I'm fairly certain that none of us have any video or anything like that to prove uh, that Jesus actually rose from the dead. Yes, we have apologetics. I know that's a fancy word for talking about the facts that surround the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus as it's recorded in the Old and New, or I'm sorry, the New Testament. But you can't prove faith. Faith is never created in someone's heart because you presented it like evidence in a courtroom. Well, we have historical accounts. We have eyewitnesses, and we read about that in our 1 Corinthians uh, 15 reading. Paul talks about it, the witnesses. I want you to think about the times that we doubt. Think about times we desire to have proof, proof or something lift us up when we're down. Have you ever thought to yourself, I did. I did when I came close to death myself. Um, I don't know why I remember this because I remember little else. I thought, is this really true? Just for a second. And I kind of equate that with the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Did God really say? Kind of messing with your head a little bit. But we doubt. We want proof sometimes to lift us up, to make us sure. Something to hold on to besides belief. 
Now we, if you ever have seen or read some of those books about people that have died or lost consciousness or stopped breathing and, and seen Jesus like heaven is for real, the story of that little boy, I think his name is Colton. And people are fascinated with those experiences. And they desire those for themselves because they want, like Thomas, I want to see it. I want to know for sure. But remember what we read in scripture. These are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the son of God, and that by believing in him, you may have life in his name. Now, when we sing or little kids sing, yes, Jesus loves me, they don't, say, they don't sing, yes, Jesus loves me for somebody showed me proof. No, the Bible tells me so because the spirit and God works through his word. The peace of God in Jesus truly does surpass all understanding. When we lose a loved one, or perhaps we face the end of our own life here on earth. Faith brings us to peace, not complete peace, pain, agony, loss, over being overwhelmed. That's not peaceful. But sometimes even when the pain is unbearable, even when the future seems black as night, just remember when Paul writes, we don't grieve like those who have no hope because we know from faith that Jesus has been raised from the dead because Paul said, if it's not true, we should be pitied beyond all men. He will return again to take us to be in his father's house, in our father's house. Why? because we lived a good life? No. We laid our failures tonight as we do probably daily, hopefully at the foot of the cross. We have hope and we have faith because of everything that Jesus did. We can have no claim to any credit, which is great because we don't have the power to make any of that happen. We've trusted God. And when I say that, that doesn't mean that we've been perfect and done nothing wrong. If you read about Abraham, when his faith was credited to him as righteousness, it doesn't say Abraham never did anything wrong. If you read about him, he did a lot of stuff wrong. But we trust God, even when it hurts, even when we doubt, even when we wanna curse God because we don't know why something's happening. Faith still rears its head, even in the darkness even in the most painful of times. What does that look like? Okay, I'm gonna give you an illustration that just kind of hit me hard. Um, I, it was really kind of cool to me. You may not relate to it, but I hope you can. Um, there is a film, it's not the 10 Commandments of Charlton Heston, but there's a movie called Exodus, Gods and Kings. Yes, it's taken plenty of creative liberties with with the book of Exodus, okay? Um, Christian Bale plays Moses. And when he sees God in the burning bush, uh, Ridley Scott, the producer of the film, actually uh, manifested God in the form of like a 10-year-old kid. And whenever Moses, you know, Moses and God went back and forth a lot. Whenever he's going back and forth, it's always with this 10-year-old kid. But after, at the very end of it, After he parted the Red Sea and brought them to the promise or brought them to the desert away from Pharaoh's army, it fast forwards to Moses up on Mount Sinai with the Ten Commandments, and then it fast forwards to Moses being carried with the commandments in this cart. Now I know in the Bible it says even when Moses died at 120, he didn't have had lost no strength and his eyes were were good. But anyway. In this scene, Moses is in a cart and he's looking at all the Israelites walking on free. And he looks beside him and there's that little kid who's supposed to be God. And the little kid just nods at him and smiles. And that just meant to me, the same God that had been with him 
since he was born, even though he didn't know him till later in life. The same God who he argued with, the same God that brought him to where he was and he was on his way to the end of his earthly life, yet God was still walking beside him and was never gonna leave him. And that's the feeling I got. That in Jesus, our God is always walking beside us no matter what we go through, no matter what we face was with Thomas, even giving him what he needed. So I was thinking, what would you ever have to fear when you look and see God walking beside you? And I don't mean physically, but I don't believe anyone in here has never felt that at least for a moment. So as we remember when we doubt and our faith sometimes seems to leave us, We have a God that loves us. We have a God that lifts us up and always hears our prayers and promises that life here, no matter how dark it gets, is not the end. Not because of anything we've done, but because Jesus did it all. And in the name of Jesus that did in fact return and will return again, he is risen. Amen. And at this time, as we collect our offering, we would want to thank you so much for your givings and your support of our ministry. of defeat the resurrected king 
Father, we come before you with our joys and concerns. You've promised to hear our prayers. We ask you to be with us and to strengthen our faith. We doubt the pain and the brokenness of this world wears on our faith sometimes, Lord. So we just ask you to forgive us and lift us up in those times when we doubt, in those times when our faith seems weak and we feel like we can't take another step. We ask you to be with those who are suffering in body, mind, and spirit, those recovering from illness or surgery or facing surgery. Especially in our prayers, we remember Brianna Miller, Lori Heater, Terry Westby, and Julie Namitz. We ask you to heal them in body, mind, and spirit according to your good and gracious will. Lord, we're in the Easter season now. Though we think of the resurrection all year long, it's on our minds now. The empty tomb, and that is where we put our hope. We give you thanks and praise for the life of Ted Dalkey, who was called to his heavenly home this past week. We ask you to be with his wife, Jan, and his family as they mourn him and remember him, but yet put their hope, not in this life, but into eternity, trusting in you for all things. We give you thanks and praise for the gift of marriage. Roger and Marcy Denzen celebrating tomorrow 57 years of marriage, Lord, with promises made in your presence with a marriage centered in you. We ask you to give them many more years together with you in the center of their lives. Tomorrow, Lord, you will call Jensen Hippus into your holy kingdom through the waters of baptism. We just ask you to be with his family and his sponsors 
as you call him by name and raise him to be one of your disciples. We give you thanks and praise, Lord, for our praise band who helps us make a joyful noise to you. Lord, using the gifts that you have given them to lift us up in worship, we just give you thanks for them and everything that you've given us. And we pray boldly as you have taught us, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who have trusted against us and lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. And our Lord Jesus Christ on the night in which he was betrayed took bread. And after he had given thanks, he broke it and gave it to the disciples and said, take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way, he took the, sup, the cup after supper. And after he had given thanks, he gave it to the disciples and he said, take and drink of it, all of you. This is the new, cup, new covenant of my blood, which was shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Now the peace of the Lord be with all of you and take a moment at this time to share the peace of God with those around you. Steve. 
I invite you to rise as you're able. And we pray. Heavenly Father, you have given us a foretaste of the feast to come through the forgiveness of sins that we receive through the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Help us strengthen us and make us strong disciples, depending solely on you to deliver us and help us live our lives of thanksgiving, not to earn anything, but in thankfulness for what we already have, grace, mercy, peace, and eternity. In your name we pray, amen. Now may the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ strengthen and preserve you in body and soul into life everlasting. Depart in peace. I was buried beneath my shame Who could carry that kind of weight It was my turn Till I met
Sun's rain.